0: Hello, and welcome to the Be Better podcast, where we believe any and every area of your life has a little more potential that you can tap into to change the course and trajectory of your outcomes. My name is Clarissa Parody, and I am your host, and I have worked and trained in the worlds of business strategy, leadership, and performance and i'm the person who believes in and creates success where there appears to be ceilings and if that sounds like something that's in your world your reality and something you want more of welcome to the show it is a great day to change your life let's go we are back this is the be better podcast and today i have a newfound friend his name is curtis mcdonald and i all I knew about this man before I invited him on my podcast is that I thought maybe I rubbed you the wrong way with my ultra friendly golden retriever vibes at the gym. And then all of a sudden one day he offered to put my roller away and I was like, and we're friends. This is great. Well, you know, (laughs) we we go
1: to the gym very early in the mornings. It it takes me a little longer to kind of get into the day.
0: Yeah, uh, that's fair. Does for you. No, I wake up. I'm one of those people that like wakes up being like, it's a new day. (laughs) Wow, it's so nice to be alive. (laughs) And by about 3 p.m., which is almost now, I'm like, okay, we should have another coffee, maybe some chocolate. But it's all good. 3 p.m. is the
1: crash time. I have to agree.
0: Yeah, well, like we start early. We are not a. We don't. We're not a late start crew. We're an early start crew. Either way, welcome. Curtis sent me his bio, and let me tell you, this guy is an interesting fellow. I won't read it all. Short version goes to school multiple times, decides not for him. Doesn't complete it. Right, that's correct.
1: That's true. Yep.
0: That and then becomes wildly successful and is now singularly the largest franchise owner for Massage Addict. The lies that we need to go to school to be successful <laughs> or credible or just they're they're rampant and they're not necessary. And Curtis is an amazing example of that to be true, and he is is right here in Edmonton, Alberta. So do not shortchange yourself for what is possible for you. Curtis is a prime example and we're going to get to hear all about him today. So hello, hello, hello.
1: Thanks for having me. That was very, very kind. Very kind. I, well, I, would,
0: I feel like we often miss the extraordinary in what appears to be um, the regular or average person. We assume there's a lot of like, oh, he goes to my gym or, and I really truly believe that you can really find and source inspiration and possibility from others who are just like literally in front of you. And so I was very excited when you said yes. So we shall begin. I'd love to hear. So you're right now a franchise owner. You have a massage addict, which we can talk a little bit about, like, what does that even mean? For those of you who don't know, we can talk about, we'll start there and then we'll say how the heck did you actually get here?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, Massage Addict, uh, Cole's Notes version. Uh, obviously, it's in the title. Offers massage, acupuncture, chiropractors, and reflexology. Um, generally, it it's at a at a price point that is attractive to most people. And I think there's 110 locations across the country now, um, you know, coast to coast. So. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's the largest of its kind in the country. Um, But yeah, it's, it's what I do as of three years ago.
0: Amazing. And so what drew you to that? Like, there's got to be a lead in.
1: You know, I was working uh, in Fort McMurray, uh, doing the rotation thing for a number of years and uh, have, at the time, well, I still do, have a young family. And I was away a lot and I was like, I don't know that I want to keep, doing this anymore Uh, so I was sitting at my desk just kind of goofing around looking at franchises and you know I didn't want to make subs or stand behind a walk or any of that kind of stuff and actually I think I got an email from like some franchise magazine that was like become a massage addict franchisee so I, I honestly just kicked the tires on it and from a business perspective it made a lot of sense as far as you know you get paid on the spot you pay practitioners two weeks later et cetera, et cetera, demand because of um, people's employee benefits. And, you know, it's kind of where I started was like, okay, this just makes sense uh, from a business perspective, but also in a, you know, I want, if I'm going to change careers or or do something different, I want it to be something where, you know, I can go home at night and, you know, feel, feel good about myself. And like, I I helped, I can't help people directly, but if I can kind of be like the conduit to that, then, then I can, you know, have a nice like sleep I suppose
0: I absolutely feel you like we were talking briefly before we started and like for those of you who know me I do a lot of messaging and marketing and I work with brands that do that and I can't handle when I'm like if this feels like snake oil I want nothing to do with it if it's not making a difference if it doesn't feel meaningful it's it's not for me it's not for me and I I love that you went for something that maybe you you maybe it's not your hands doing the work directly on a person's body but it gives you a chance to support and help people that were there okay so leading up to this you said you went to school that didn't shake out can you walk me through that experience you like you're you're young you said you had hard-working parents
1: yeah what, uh, so what happened I, for you i did the pretty typical you know my friends were all going to university uh so sh- sure i'll go with you kind of thing uh, my mom was a was a teacher and she had her master's and and was a high school guidance counselor so she obviously was pushing me kind of in that direction as well. So I, I lasted, I think about a semester and a half at the U of A before I realized, you know, I'm just spending money here. I'm not really doing anything special. So I, I dropped out, uh, just worked some, some odd jobs at like hotels and, and things like that in the city and went backpacking, uh, in Europe for three months, came back and was like, okay, well, I don't like being poor. So I'll go back go back to school. So I went to McEwen and that lasted, I think a semester until I realized, well I'm kind of not really achieving anything again, I'm just here. So uh, I dropped it again and got a job at TD at um, at the bank uh, because I had some family that uh, had worked there for quite some time and and did that for a year. and, And just, I think it was looking at people's banking uh, and, and, and really understanding how the world works because you don't really learn that in s- school per se. Uh, like I'd, I mean, it's laughable now, but when I started working at the bank, I didn't realize that a person didn't have to save up all the money to buy something. Mm. I like it, it's so silly. Like I assumed when somebody bought a house, you saved, save, 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 and then like paid cash so learning like what a mortgage was and the fact you could like get a car loan uh, I actually walked down the street on White Avenue and bought a car at lunch <laughs> I realized that, that you could just you know get a loan to buy a car um, so the working at the bank was actually an excellent experience because I learned how the world works for reals
0: amazing and so you said when you were at school, it felt like you were doing nothing. Like it felt like you were just spending money. So, like can you tell me a little bit more of that experience for you?
1: Yeah, I didn't have uh, like any uh, particular passion that kind of jumped out at me. Like I didn't, I wasn't the guy that knew that he was going to go become an engineer. So, you, you did all the steps to do that. I was, you know, just taking general classes, things that I found interesting, whether it was like history or economics or that sort of stuff. But it wasn't really. Uh, pointing in any specific direction and and I think the thing that really bugged me is after you get out of high school you think okay well I get to go take the things that I'm interested in Um, but that's also not quite true you still had to take English 101 or whatever it was um, or take a language and I was like wow I'm still being forced to do things Uh, and and that really rubbed me the wrong way I have to say Uh, so yeah
0: yeah. And now like, I look at it, I have got a new, a person on my team right now, who's when I went to university classes were about like 500, maybe $700 a course, depending on the course. And now they're like a thousand plus easy. And I'm like, that is like, that's not a small investment. To, it's not even just money. It's time. It's your energy. And I'm like, wow, would I use my, would I use it differently? If I,
1: one, I remember, and I mean, This was a long time ago, but it was just starting to be the time where there was notes online and the and the profs could could upload whatever they were going to teach that there. And I remember sitting in some of the lectures and they were just running things on the screen that were going to be online later. And I was like, to your point, I was like, I'm paying five hundred dollars for this. Or I mean, my attendance wasn't great, but if I, I had a prof that was there less often than I was right it's like I, I don't get a discount for this so like I can decide not to go but it shouldn't go the other way so th- things <laughs> like that and again if somebody's gonna be a doctor or a lawyer or things like that, you got to go to school for that that makes sense but for me it was it was kind of aimless so it was really like what am I what am I doing here
0: Excellent. So you go to, the, you go to the bank, you learn a little bit about the real world. Uh, you just, you find out about financing and you buy yourself a vehicle. So what happens after this? Cause you say you ended up in Fort Mac.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, I had friends that I'd worked with at, at like odd jobs prior that had, had started to go work up North. Um, obviously working at a bank in the mid two thousands uh, when, when almost everybody worked up North, you, you get to see obviously how much money some people were making and Uh, you know, that starts to look pretty attractive. Now, I knew I couldn't work outside and be a pipe fitter. And like, that's just not my skill set. So I was lucky enough to get kind of an entry-level accounting job um, up on site. So that worked out great. I just worked my way up um, doing that. Again, started with zero knowledge of anything. But, you know, when I left or when, when I was done up north, I was typically the accounting manager on whatever site. I was working at so
0: amazing again with I mean there's a lot to be said about credentials for things like if you have to do taxes I get it okay maybe you want some courses but underneath your belt but don't be fooled don't be fooled that everything requires direct education there's so much that's learnable on the job and that's really impressive that you were able to like switch fields find your way in and, and like what it sounds like is you notice opportunities and then you take them that's that what it sounds it. like, you-
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, you're somewhat lucky in this province to even have that um, have that available. Like, if you were in, I don't know, Tennessee, but I suspect maybe that's not the same path that many people could follow. Right. Um, but in Alberta, I think that that is still a viable <laughs> angle.
0: It's still viable. And there's lots of like other things that, that can be done. I mean, there's people who like, if you're in, in Silicon Valley, like you may not be the programmer, but an accounting manager for a tech wonder, or what are they called unicorns? They have, they have, you you can be very, very successful in many different facets in different industries that pay tremendously well. I have learned this year that software companies are the next oil giants. Like they are just the money they pump in is for most of them is extraordinary. And so software as a service is, I was like, huh, well, backup plan. Well, and
1: and I think uh, obviously a number of boomers are still like in that kind of retirement window. Uh, So Mm. I think there's like probably a bit of a brain drain in, in a lot of industries or businesses, whether it's this province or elsewhere. And if a person is willing to kind of start at the ground floor and, and hustle for it, that you can still, there's gonna be a big openings, I think, that'll yeah. to be filled
0: we're it, And I think if you're willing to bide your time a little bit, it, I mean, I love instant gratification. You have a silver bullet for me, tell me about it, I'd love to know. But it, we were talking earlier, and for me, I'm, like, I'm not afraid to put in the effort or time, and it sounds like you're not either, in order to see results. And I sometimes approach my career, like the same way I approach the gym, like just keep going, keep going and try, try new things, try things that are a little harder, try things that are different. And you might actually see some pretty interesting results. I
1: think if you're willing to step outside of your comfort zone, whatever it might be and, and undoubtedly outwork the other person.
0: Yeah. It'll all work out. What do you think had you promoted over other people? For you to climb that ladder, obviously there's probably competition. There's probably a reason that you moved and other people didn't. What do you think had you climbed that ladder?
1: I was willing to hustle for it um, and was just gen- genuinely curious. So, <laughs> obviously, as it relates to construction, I couldn't look at a drawing and, uh, and understand any of it. Um, but I liked being in the room while other people talked about it so I could kind of grasp it. Um, so as part of the the team of people that were making um, a lot of the the big decisions so that when it came time to be like okay well you know there's a bigger project coming and we need somebody to be in charge of this group you know who was the guy they trusted um I I was in there with them even if I was smiling and nodding a lot of the time (laughs) um but I, I was there
0: yeah a willingness to be in the room And I find there's a few, I don't know if you've ever had this in your career. Sometimes your willingness to be in the room means your desk time of the due time for the tasks you need to get done is it can be, it can shrink significantly. And if you're willing to just be in that room and be like, okay, well, fine. I'll throw in an extra half an hour here. And it's not, I'm not like the biggest fan of hustle culture. Like, I don't want you to bleed yourself dry for any reason. I don't want you to sacrifice like the joy in your life at every cost to accelerate your career. I want you to love your life. I really do. But I also know that I'm like 30 minutes in 30 minutes, what can I achieve that will still get my job done, but will also allow me to still be in the room with that conversation so that I am known and trusted that visibility I think is crazy powerful because it creates salience people, you're top of mind for people and you've relational being in the room with in the physical room where people get to see you and connect with you. like There's just something different about that than just necessarily putting your nose to the grind. Because both are effective, but I think that combo is like a superpower.
1: Oh, I I had staff that worked for me up north that were excellent accountants and the hardest workers I've I've ever met. But they were they were just at their desk, and people didn't realize they were there. Now I could speak up for them and say, you know, this is a person you want around. But you know, they're just a faceless name, right? Unfortunately.
0: So this is a great takeaway, listeners don't be afraid to be known, <laughs> go get out there and, and make relationships. And I, I, I don't know what you, how you got into Fort McMurray, but it sounds like you had relationships and I'm okay, fine. Maybe you knew someone who worked at the bank and maybe they were related or maybe they weren't, but I would never put someone in front of anyone, especially if they were a relative, if I didn't think they could handle the job. So making sure, cause I mean, that's my name on the line, right? But it, those relationships with people you trust and you're willing to put your name on the line for them will change the opportunities that you have in your field. It, it makes a big difference, right? Like, like the the girl that got me into
1: even getting an interview um, to go work for the construction company in Fort McMurray was like a girl I worked, she was front desk at the hotel I worked at or something like that. So we were like casually friends and and then she went to work in HR with the company and just got me the interview. And I I admittedly knew nothing at all about (laughs) it. So it was just that little kick. And then after that, it was a me problem.
0: Yeah. But like that says something about the relationship. Right. And I, I, if you're willing to figure it out, I think that's, that's a difference maker. That's a difference maker that I don't think I was ever trained in, in the job I have right now. I was never trained. I'll just figure it out. Like I was like, well, this is how we, I think we could do it. And willing to fail and try again or do it differently or like muscle through it a bit made a difference. So what thing, what what do you think really got you results? And you're like, okay, it became your problem. You get, you get in the, the door, you get the interview, you get the job. Now what?
1: Good question. Um, I just I had no shame, I suppose, was maybe the best <laughs> way to put it. Like if I didn't know, I didn't know. And it, I didn't have to pretend like I didn't. And I was pretty open and, and I am still with people. Like if I don't get it the first time, I might screw up the second time, <laughs> but don't be mad. I won't screw up the third time. <laughs> like you, you gotta give me like two tries at it. Um, and, and I wasn't afraid and, and I'm not afraid to at least try and maybe like fall on my face a little bit. um But I, I'd never hesitate to ask questions because like who cares? If I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> So,
0: and the only way I'm going to find out is if I ask. This is absolutely true. So like kill the ego and stay curious. And what do you think makes you okay with falling on your face?
1: I don't know. The stakes are usually pretty low. I mean, as you get older, the stakes seem to escalate, but um, truly what's the worst that can happen? That's like, if you're really, really scared of something or worried, like really think about what's, what's the worst that's going to come of this you might look kind of dumb for like a minute and then everybody's gonna move on with their day it's
0: just it's just not worth worrying about it's just not worth worrying about um i had a recent experience where i realized i was very concerned about how dumb i might look uh you might appreciate this i so we now go to the same gym and that's a try new things for me thing like i'm committed to trying new things i'm like i'm going to try new things that I would I would have skipped every gym class in high school if possible. I hated it. I hated going. I hated people watching me. I felt incompetent. I still feel incompetent, but now I care less. And so I was like, I'm gonna give hockey skates a whirl. Been on figure skates my whole life, and they are different. And I found myself not trying to go faster or not trying to do crossovers or turns because I was worried I was gonna fall my ass in front of all these people. (laughs) I was like, who cares? There's no way you're gonna get better if you're not willing to like play with it and be sometimes a little bit of a jackass knowing that like sometimes where you learn is the is from the fall that's where you learn it's not from standing up and making the gentle turn it's like from crashing into the boards
1: yeah, you, you don't get better at anything uh, skating we'll use this as the example without crashing or falling on your face or making mistakes like if you do everything perfect, it means you, you didn't
0: take enough risks. No, if you're not falling, something's wrong. <laughs> like I had, I walked off that. So I went for, with, with a friend who's very generously like willing. I was, I, I think the thing I was scared of is stopping. Cause I'm like this, the, the weight transfer is different. And I'm like, oh, I also think I'm like, I'm not 15 anymore. Things hurt for longer. Usually if I hurt myself. So there's like that in the way. he's like Clarissa hockey players fall all the time in games professional hockey players and I was like wow that's a good point too and just remembering like there are people who are getting paid millions of dollars while people watch them which is possibly my worst nightmare and they still are willing to fall I was like oh well now I feel stupid. Like ball, I thought I felt hard. stupid before yeah. <laughs> they dive sometimes. I was like, okay, so just be willing to, you have to, like, the willingness is so important. The willingness is so important. Okay. So you climbed your way up. You become an accounting manager for this construction firm in Fort McMurray. And at some point you're like, I have this young family. And so what, and you want to, something shifted where you, where you don't want to do this anymore. What was, what was happening for you when you're like, oh my God, it's time to make a decision.
1: Um, I, I was working on a really large project at the time. I think we had something like four thousand um, know, staff, uh, subcontractors, et cetera, et cetera. And I had a team of, uh, I think I had about twenty-four people um, working under me. And the the project was was slowly kind of coming to an end. I, I knew when that end date was going to be. And uh, projects up there, they aren't built like that anymore. There aren't really anything at that scale. Right. And that was kind of my, where I excelled was, was the bigger, the more chaos um, was my thing. So I knew I was going to a project that had like 200 people on it in Saskatchewan. And, and uh, when I got there and the pace was so slow compared to what I was used to and that, that, that was clearly where, you know, projects were going. um, I knew that that wasn't for me that I was maybe a dinosaur at that point, um, at like 30, but, um, so that was a big thing, but, uh, you know, being away, being away a lot was, was the big thing, whether it was, you know, 14 days at a time or, or, um, I, I was pretty lucky. I was just on a Monday to Friday, uh, five and two, but it's still a lot of time away. Um,
0: uh, it is, family, so. it is. And so you're flipping through, uh, you Walk me through your thought process because you said you got to the franchise part, but what, what was that your first inkling, or did you look at other things? Like, how did you wiggle your way into the world of being a franchise owner?
1: Yeah, I goofed around just on like um, I don't know what the websites are called anymore, but like business buy sell or, or things like that, just out of curiosity, uh, and just you know you sign a couple of NDAs to get sent financial documents to see what you're looking at, but. You, Again, not a classically trained accountant, so really t- didn't grasp what I was staring at. Um, so then franchise kind of made the most sense as far as like business in a box, so to speak. Uh, and then at that point, it was just a matter of finding the one that I thought you know, matched with with my values, I suppose.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your values. What What would you describe if someone came to you and said, listen, like, I've got this idea project whatever, how, what, what would values would you contrast it against to make the decision?
1: Huh, I mean, you got to get paid. That's, that's, that's just the, the fact of the matter, unfortunately. Money's a thing. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that mattered as far as how long might it take? What was the risk uh, I was really putting in? Like, uh, is it going to be something really, you know, vague and out there? Um, that's as it relates to obviously the businessy stuff. Um, but, you know, I wanted to say that I could, help people again not not directly but um that i liked and i actually liked the idea of having a lot of staff like my product as it relates to massage Act, is is people i don't have things on a shelf um so i i got to still have kind of a team and a growing team of people that i could you know we could still have christmas parties and, and that sort of stuff like i didn't want it to be you know a window washing thing where it's like me and maybe one other guy that, that right. sounds very appealing. Um, so yeah, I, I still wanted like the team aspect of it. It just, I got, to, I guess, build my own team.
0: That's so fun. Okay. So what is your favorite part about being a franchise yeah. owner?
1: Uh, I, well, every, every day is different uh, is, a, is the best part, but, um, really it is the team. I, I, I like the building it. I like making us a team it's people from a lot of different walks of life or nationalities or, or anything like that and we're all kind of pulling for the same end goal which is you know help people but to be busy because we all have mouths to feed and and all that good stuff but but yeah that's the best part I, I get to build the team and I get to decide you know which way we're going to go um, and we get to work together on it
0: that's so fun and what do you find like in in the world of challenges what i mean minus the last two years which is obviously a challenge in and of itself but before that all of that when you were growing this team and getting the franchise in place what were some of the biggest things you faced uh
1: well in the early days uh so the first year pre-pandemic i was still working full-time mm. um, Monday and Friday and then i worked uh, i would cover the front desk at our our first location in the evening so I was really just tired more often than not um, just to make sure that obviously we could pay for all of the the costs that are in the early days where you're not really making any money. Um, so, so that was the, the biggest challenge was just kind of managing my time and not burning out. Uh, you still have to have fun in there somewhere and you know, kind of to my point earlier, I was leaving working out of town so I could see my family more, but you know, the, the initial trade off was that i had to work a lot right um to to make that so uh so that was you know you don't see those results right away uh you kind of you got to suffer a little
0: yeah and I, this is part. i was thinking about this the uh, was it this morning i am in my office upstairs i i sit and i look out and there's this like extraordinary tree and i've now lived in my place for what will be 9 years and this tree has grown a lot (laughs) like and I was like man if I I, when I wanted to go buy new landscaping I really wanted trees that looked quite mature and there's advantages and disadvantages to doing that but I I was like man if you have patience no one tells a tree to hurry no one and it and it does what it does so beautifully and organically and if I would let myself do that rather than expect instantaneous results or or assume that if they're not these wild really gratifying results immediately that I would I'm it's not supposed to happen. I'm deterred, I'm deflated, i'm not I'm not continuing to persevere or whatever. Imagine what would be possible if I just approached things like a tree, which is <laughs> I, I was in, in, in an art school as a younger human, so <laughs> this is like how my brain works. and but it, it was how many times have I gotten frustrated with my consulting business or, with how things are growing in other realms of my life. And I'm like, come on, but being willing to have that upfront investment of your time and your effort and your energy and your money and being willing to see the results, you're almost guaranteed to win the game. You're almost guaranteed because more people will quit before they win in that game.
1: It is a, uh, being a business owner is delayed gratification the the best way I can put it, like, I'm sure everybody has heard some version of, you know, when you open a business, you don't make any money for the first two years or whatever the, the usual saying is. And that's true. But if you want to really succeed, you probably have to be prepared to delay that gratification even further. But it will come. It will come as long as you're obviously doing things the right way. But that's the hard part, I think, for people to realize whether it's waiting for a treat, or opening a business or, you know, moving up at the company that you're working at, um, you know, it just doesn't happen overnight. You do, you do got to put a little time, a little time in.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I have also found and been told and have learned from others from watching that owning your own business is one of the singularly largest personal development projects you will ever do. Like it will have you grow, shift, change, learn as a human in ways that are exponentially faster than in many other paths. And so I'm curious, what have you learned about yourself in the last few years being a business owner?
1: Well, I've learned how much I can juggle. <laughs> uh, it's probably a pretty good one, but I guess like I would have never described myself as patient patient. Um, more so as it relates to like dealing with people than than as it relates to delayed gratification, but I have learned to become extremely patient and understanding and probably kinder than I used to be um, because uh, I just have so many staff um, across different provinces and different walks of life that I don't. I can't relate to them in a man, in many ways, but I'm I'm learning to, I'm coming to you. Uh, so that, that's the biggest thing, I, patience.
0: Is patience. patience. Patience,
1: understanding, listening, uh, all those things. Uh, you Well, you probably noticed at the gym, I, I'm relatively quiet, that is my one quiet hour. I, I stay towards the back because my watch is far enough away from my phone that it can't uh, send me notifications. Uh, which is the best part of my day sometimes, but um, you know, I just I, I've come to just be very observant, and, mm. I, and I take in a lot because you know a, a lot of people need my time throughout the day, and uh, and I, a lot of time I just have to listen.
0: You have to listen. It really, I'm upset. Many times this conversation it really makes a difference. I have learned that when you can read the room. It just works better for everyone. If I'm on my one set mind track and I'm operating the way I want and the way things I think, the way things I think should go. And I try to force them that way. And I'm not watching the ecosystem. I'm not watching the team. I'm not watching what's happening in and out. I'm often lacking patience and I'm lacking listening and the results (laughs) suck. So that, that patience and that observation, I think is a powerful tool in your tool belt as a business owner to get better results.
1: Well, when you're, when you're taking in a lot more viewpoints and you're coming to understand where, where people come from um, you, you come to, to mutual agreements more easily uh, instead of everybody, you know, starting with their backup. Uh, necessarily because you only want people to listen to whatever your viewpoint is right everybody's everybody's lives have stuff and they' everybody's going through something um, and, and that goes both ways you need that like respect to, to go from from boss to employee employee to boss whatever um, but everybody just needs to be more understanding and just listen
0: yeah and and space for differences like there are things that would never bother me that in either infuriate, deflate, take away from someone else's experiences. I'm like, how how are you bothered by that? But allowing for that experience to be, it's just as valid. The same way I like peanut butter and other people don't like it, or other people are anaphylactic. Like I'm like, I still just allow that. It does that they have those perceptions or experiences doesn't make it not real. Just makes it different, and it frees up tension. I think.
1: Oh, every, you could be mad about everything all the time if you choose to be and it's just a lot easier to just kind of shrug <laughs> and be like oh well
0: on to the next it, thing. it is what it is I think I mentioned if you I think you said you listen to it but it the one thing I find myself asking is how is this funny I because I can be I'm I have where where standards are and then where Clarissa's standards are are two different conversations and it used to like I, I have, my team will call it store manager vibes where I'm like, this needs to be perfect. And I'm like, okay, I store manager vibes. I'll settle down. <laughs> but I, I now have to ask, why is this funny? Like I could be, I could just be mad. I could be offended even, but I'm like, why is this, why is this kind of funny? Like, why is this, why is this really empty and meaningless? And this isn't actually a big deal. And let me tell you, I'm way more fun now. I'm way more fun <laughs> than what I used to be high strung, like a snare drum to like a gentle tambourine with some jingle. It's great. It's great. You talked earlier about, um, injecting fun, like making, cause you said the hustles is, can be real. And especially in those early days you were balancing day job and then franchise and family. And you said, just trying to like inject some fun. What is it that you do? Like, what are some resources you tap into to fuel yourself up again? Yeah. I mean,
1: obviously everybody has different things that uh, provide the fuel, but, um, you know, it might be, I mean, it can be as simple as, like, just going to a pool with with the family, which we did, like, last Sunday, um, out to Sherwood Park, just to, like, blow off some steam for an hour or two.
0: You have um, littles, so. I'm assuming?
1: I do, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, Perfect. fun. Uh,
1: so, yeah, so, you know, we did that. that. That's simple stuff, but we like going on, like, long vacations, so I don't mind working for long stretches, or, I guess, the whole family at this point is used to it, but um and then we'll go for three weeks brilliant somewhere, somewhere random uh so that's my version of fun maybe it's go to hockey game like whatever it is those kind of things love going for nice dinner That's oh, yeah. always, always a highlight. if you had
0: if you had some recommendations for dinners where would you ta- where would you suggest people go
1: okay so i don't know if you i don't we're about the same age so when we were in our 20s it was like what earl's joey's Those are probably like the places. The places. Um, And then, you know, kind of the, you know, the fancier fine dining kind of came out. And that was kind of all the rage. And I find a lot of those places are kind of carbon copies of each other now. But um, what always delivers, if you ask me, is like an Uccellino or Barbricko. I mean, those are obviously side by side. Range Road
0: range road is so those good
1: those are if i'm like okay hey, we're going for dinner because you know we worked hard this week or whatever it is um those they always do their part
0: love your taste i was like this is this is a i take those recommendations so if you are in edmonton some of y'all are not but let me tell you i went to Uchilino a couple weeks ago Oh my god, the desserts right now are next level I don't know if they're, I know they change their menu seasonally. I don't know if they're always, but that I had both of them. I had the olive oil cake and whatever chocolate thing was there. And I have my mind, my palate. I was like, this is, I, first of all, you name a cake, olive oil cake. I've got some questions. Okay. I have some questions and I have some, also some concerns. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. Like, is this, but it was soft and flavorful and, and I say soft in like, I was, cause the olive oil can be very punchy. It can be very like
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. floats in your back, of your throat a little bitter almost, but it was, it was like a soft olive oil and not overpowering in both sweetness and in punch. I know, oh, I would definitely have that again. That would be definitely on my hit list.
1: You know what we do? So I generally don't like like fancy desserts. Mm. So if we go to one of those places, dessert, not for me. Fair enough. But we will walk down the street to Joey's and go get <laughs> the apple pie. Because the Joey's so apple pie is it's so
0: good. It's so good. You know what? I, I mean, I will not knock Joey's because I will go there for their fries, their it's shoestring fries. Bag. Oh my gosh. I was like, okay, I get that McDonald's is available, but there is something about these fries, but I'm like, yes, take my $8 for like this for a potato, Please. but it, I, I'll tip you on it. It's fine. Uh, it's so it's so good. Okay. So you, you're in the world now you are, you're managing multiple franchises. You're traveling for work right now. What does life look like now with multiple stores under, or m- multiple franchises under your belt? Um, oh, well, the
1: fun part, what I kind of like about it is I don't have a plan day to day. The day kind of comes at me. It usually starts pretty early because of, Uh, the the multiple provinces thing but um, you know every day is kind of an adventure as far as what what the day's problems might be but I have the luxury of if not dropping off my kids at school I pick them up Mm. Um, I so I'm I'm still kind of like Mr. Mom um, uh, for like dinners and that kind of stuff uh obviously the traveling kind of throws a wrench into that a little bit but that's my I guess that's my me time (laughs) if you want to put it that way uh but yeah I my phone is very active but for the most part I get to work from home or you know I'm just kind of driving around um stopping at the clinics dropping off supplies saying hi to everybody checking in you know that sort of thing so um I just take everybody's kind of requests so my phone is is very it's the busy phone.
0: I've I imagine I have I check, I'm like one of those person people that picks up my phone all the time. But I've now to manage because I, I have to. It's just how it is. But it is almost always on do not disturb. Because <laughs> i I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look. But if things buzz while I'm doing other things, I have like shiny ball syndrome. I don't know. I'm like, oh, oh, and I don't finish things. So do not disturb has been the best thing in my entire life. And if you're willing to still look at your phone while it's on do not disturb. You'll it's, get so uh, much
1: done. It's, it is it is a game changer, the do not disturb, particularly if you're like, I'm going to go to sleep. Oh my and God, I don't right? want my phone to bug me. But I've noticed, like, I have an Apple Watch, so usually that, like, distracts me. Mm. But if I forget to put it on or whatever, it's not charged, I feel almost lost mm. because I'm like, I'm not getting notified when something's happening. Because uh, for my staff, I mean, I, I take, pride in getting back to them very quickly because you know that like I said everybody's everybody's got stuff and oh and for you know, sure I don't like them waiting on me for a response um, yeah I've, I've probably set unrealistic response times so, so if you don't hear from me quickly everybody thinks something's wrong but
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> right if you're if you were to ask and pull your staff to describe you in three words what do you think they would say about you
1: uh, I, I, Well, I hope they say that I'm understanding because I don't give them really any trouble at all, but um, understanding, hardworking. Um, I'm probably, it's going to sound like a bad choice, but whatever, uh, unprofessional in the sense that mm. I always wear a hat. I generally wear sweats. Like even if I do cover shifts at the front desk, which is rare nowadays, if it's summer, I'll wear shorts or sweats or sandals like i i come at everything very casually i suppose maybe unprofessional is a bad word i'll go with, maybe it's approachable i'll go, approachable.
0: With, I'll go with, casual with casual and approachable
1: there we go thank you no um, gotcha because uh i mean it's it's a professional atmosphere but it's also a relaxing atmosphere and and like you said I, I approachable is what i want to be uh, particularly mm. now that, you know, it's grown to a point where I'm not in any one place for very long stretches of time, um, any one location. So when I am there, I want them to be able to, to feel comfortable just to come at me or that's awesome or whatever it is. So.
0: I think when you can create approachability in your work environment, you will find out the stuff that you would not have otherwise found out about.
1: It's, like, it's true. I, like people... I, I rarely get surprised by, you know, whatever the staff complaint of the day might be. I've I've probably heard it from someone um, because they felt comfortable enough to tell me. So it doesn't have a chance to fester uh, and become this thing that you kind of get blindsided
0: by all of a sudden. Did you ever receive like feedback or complaint that you're like unusual or funny? You're like, this is very strange. Um, yes, I mean... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I suppose. Uh, obviously, everybody uh, it them being healthcare practitioners, um, they all have their own styles and preferences and that sort of thing. For anybody that's gotten a massage, you probably find you've never gotten one that's the same as the other, um, because everybody has their own little bit of flair, I suppose, that they put into it, which I think is a positive. But that's neither here nor there. And and because of that, people have different requests for what they want me to provide as far as maybe whatever the lotions are lotions gels whatever um supplies that sort of stuff so yes sometimes I have to temper it a little bit because I can't just buy everybody
0: everything everyone has their own unique vending machine of massage lubricants (laughs) for real I I should have
1: a weird (laughs) a weird machine in the back for
0: it could work you never know the day is that is amazing and if you were to Change one thing that you think, man. If I could, if I could tweak this, this would, this would make it that much more enjoyable. What would you tweak?
1: You know, I it, maybe it goes back to our um, delayed gratification or patience. But um, things snowballed quickly as far as as adding locations. And much of that was just opportunity, and 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 it, I can't tell you it was a plan. But I, I, if I could go back, I would slow it down, right? A little bit. Um, Got to, it. To really have time to kind of, you know, get get my hands in things, I suppose. But yeah, because it things kind of escalated quickly.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, but I mean, the, on the bright side, trial by fire and under pressure is usually when like you, you seem to thrive under variety. Everything you've ever said is like, I really like how every day is different, or I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. It's always a surprise. And so sometimes for people who really value variety, that kind of challenge and change could be what actually is like, your a catalyst for you. Like your superpower is the uncertain have you ever found,
1: I, I know this is definitely a thing for me, but when you don't have many things to do, your to-do list is small, that you procrastinate, yes, and you're kind of useless. Uh, but the longer the list, the like the more you can juggle and the faster you work and the more you're productive. I, I I certainly operate that way, that I'll complain that my to-do list is very long and never seems to get smaller. And then when it does get smaller, I'm like, Twiddling my thumbs, wondering what to do.
0: There's only three items. What do you want from me? I'm not gonna do them.
1: (laughs) It's uh, it is. It's I don't know. Maybe that's the weird thing that that uh, you know, younger people need to learn these days. That that actually more things on the the pileup of things to do is is what kind of kicks you into gear.
0: It can for sure do that. And I mean, like I, this is a two sided. I cannot well. Two faceted, maybe more than one fat, maybe more than two facets. I don't know, conversation because I for sure am that person who's the if if you want something done, give it to a busy person. If you want something done, give it to me. I'm now at a point though where I'm so busy, and like if you give me one more thing, I don't know if it's ever gonna get done. No more, please, like, no more. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I also I was talking my therapist. I decided to, you know, I was like maybe I should be more productive in my life and maybe perhaps this is an access point for that. And so I was talking to her, I'm pressure prompted. Like I really work well under very uh, under chaos, like you were talking about with your construction job where things are like, well, if it's a slow paced environment, I'm confused. <laughs> like, are you, are you doing anything? <laughs> like, is, is anything happening here? And her suggestion to me, she was like, well, you know how to survive and perform under high stress situations. She's like, what if you could thrive without all the adrenaline? I was like, is that a thing? <laughs> do people do that i don't know i have no answer it's certainly i haven't learned that yet but i'm like if that's possible that'd be pretty cool but i really don't know (laughs) how to do that
1: i like i even when i go on vacation i can't (laughs) like i can put away the work that that's fine but Mm. like i can't just go to mexico and like sit by the pool for seven days like that just is not what i find fun relaxing certainly for a day but um like I always need like there needs to be a thing that we're doing uh, every day.
0: I committed to a relaxing vacation And it was a learning experience for me. So I brought like five or six books and some of them had, I my minor in university was Spanish. I was like, I'm determined to not lose this. And so I completed, like I had goals of what I was going to complete each day. I was like, Clarissa, what are you doing? But it felt relaxing. I was like, it's just my version of it. Leave me alone. But I I can't, uh, I can sit still. It's just, I'm probably sitting still doing something.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Makes sense. I mean, it makes sense to me. Some people think it's a problem. I think it's fun. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. A few more get to know you questions before we come to a close. We talked earlier about the traits that you had from your parents. And I think we should loop that in here. So the question was, uh, what is a trait or two that you've inherited from your parents that you're like, really glad you inherited?
1: Yeah, I just hustle. I think like, uh, I, we, we talked about it a little bit before, but my, my mom, even though she, you know, she was a teacher for a number of years, decided she wanted to go get her master's. Um, so I remember being in, I don't know, grade, grade six or something like that. And she was driving us to whatever sport we were playing or programs. And then coming home and writing her papers and then still marking her students, tests from from that day and then planning whatever vacation we were going on so like that was what I saw happening every day and then Mm. my dad um had his own business and and I mean his business was basically play so to call it work is probably exaggerating but you know he he worked a lot and he had lots of um you know ideas that kind of grew from from what his base business was so that's just what I remember kind of seeing and i guess by osmosis picking up because i don't remember making a a conscious decision to be like i saw them work hard and thus i will work hard it just kind of i guess happened when when the time was right it didn't happen just because i existed but it
0: it clicked when i was ready to click and what what do you think had it shift like where was the point in life where it clicked for you that like hard work became a thing uh
1: You know what I always liked and I still like to this day and I find fun is uh, planning vacations (laughs) Um, because they're not sedentary. They're always very active and and things are going on. So uh, when I had dropped out of university and went backpacking for three months, like I had to sit and properly plan that. And I mean, that was not to make myself sound too old. That was before iPads and, and iPhones. So you had to like have the little guidebook and like, kind of have an idea of where you were going to get each day um and then while you're on the on the trip at that time you still have that guidebook with you (laughs) to kind of guide you along because there was nothing else to help you Um, so that kind of forced you forced me to really kind of be organized and and have an understanding where we're going to go and and we didn't pre-book anything as far as hostels or, or whatever so when we got to a place it was like okay, we got to figure out where to, how to get there. And then if that is, that's full, we needed a backup plan. So in a weird way, the thing I find fun is probably one of the things that, that, um, you know, taught me to kind of work for what you want. Because yeah, you know, before I went on that trip, I, I didn't have any money. I couldn't afford to go. I had enough money to buy a plane ticket. So that's what I did. And then I, I worked hard enough at whatever odd jobs to have enough money to go and actually do the stuff on the trip. So that was probably what really kind of kicked in gear. I knew what I wanted to do and I had to do the work to be able to do it.
0: This is where they like so many people, coaches, business coaches, personal coaches will tell you to like pick the thing that you want to work towards. And it's like for you to see like you had enough money for a plane ticket, but then once you decided what you were going to do, you just hustle and you do what you needed to do to get to the goal. I think that is such a like, wow, start with the end, the end could be like three months from now, it doesn't have to be 10 years from now, it doesn't have to be at your funeral, you can pick the thing that's going to get you excited for next Friday.
1: You know, it all, it all comes full circle. I, I, have never had a long-term plan, and, uh, and some, some people do, and, and all the power to them, if they know what that thing is, um, and great, uh, I always just had shorter term plans. And then when an opportunity arose, whether it was you know, more franchise locations that became available or or it was a three month trip to Europe, I could kind of pivot um, to whatever that, that was. Then I knew what I wanted and I could make a short term plan as to how I was going to like make that happen. But uh, yeah, I've never been one to make long grand plans. Cause then I, d- I feel you're not nimble enough to change course
0: no and I think it sounds like you know yourself well enough that you know what your yeses are and you know what your no's are as well and so when franchise like you're just will you're willing to take a little bit of a risk you're willing to fail you know that what you want to be with your family you know you like variety and so the yeses seem like they can be it's like okay well yes what's the worst that could happen and I th- that al- that yeah. is allowed, that all does allow you to be nimble. And it allows you to like, I, I say success. I, when I say success, I don't necessarily mean like money in the bank, but yay, that's nice too. I, I mean, like what, like, does it feel better? Does it feel, does it keep you interested? Does it fill your cup? Like you talk about building your team and having these, uh, being able to support them and being available and having multiple franchises and then having time with your family. Like all of those things are what make your, up your world of success.
1: I think that's just it is, is um i mean we, we're all guilty of it uh, people equate success with money that's like the most natural way to look at it and it can even we shit we can sit here and talk about you know having a bunch of franchise locations and that sounds like you're just raking in money not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily you have um, a lot of operating costs
0: There's a lot so, of things happening
1: so like i i think people sometimes need to just step back and and you know what you see on the well it's judging a book by its cover right what you see on the outside isn't necessarily you know what what's true on the inside like I as it relates to a business I I always hear people um be like oh must be great having a business because you get all the (laughs) write-offs yeah great but your business has to make money to write things off so and everybody seems to kind of forget that they think just because you know you you threw a sign on a building and you're there that you just made money instantly. And that's just not, unfortunately, Quite how outcome. things work. I, I wish it was that easy, but.
0: I mean, like what business does that? Is there a business that just throws a sign up and just makes money? Like, maybe, there's gotta yes. be something.
1: Well, probably, but if the pandemic has taught- Gas anyone...
0: stations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legit.
1: Um, but if the pandemic taught anyone- anything i mean you saw how many places got punched out right quick oh yeah and that was with plenty of government support so you could that in and of itself should have shown people that you know it's not necessarily always all what it's like totally just just because you open a business you you make money that's that's not how that works
0: amazing well that's true and it's i it doesn't end with write-offs and it doesn't end with a sign and you don't need a business card to have a business and it's all these things that just seem super like that on the outside make it feel like maybe it's successful and it's like success looks different on the inside and it It, it, well
1: it's it's never what anyone on the outside is probably expecting that it is and it's not necessarily what you thought it was going to be when you first set out. And that, I don't mean that in the way well, while you don't make any money at this, just generally speaking, what fills your cup after that is, you know, how you end up defining success probably changes.
0: Yeah. And as you hit different stages in life, I feel like it changed for me. Like every five years, it usually looks different for me. like, oh, wow. I didn't think I would be satisfied with X. I didn't think I would be doing Y. Huh, I didn't know I'd want to consider B, like whatever it may be. And I'm giving yourself permission to evolve and change your mind or think of things differently can be really powerful as opposed to keeping yourself to what was then, you know. Don't don't stick yourself in a hole. Don't do that. No, it's just nice to be uh,
1: to be nimble as things change, as you change uh, as a person over time. Like you just kind of roll with it, and then kind of like we were talking about before, you don't get all worked up about things anymore because just it's not worth it. It's just
0: not worth it. No, no, it's just not. It it, stress is expensive. It costs you your time. It costs you your creativity. It costs you your will to live sometimes. You're like, come on. And it costs you, it can cost you your team members. You're stressed out all the time. People don't want to work with you. And they
1: they pick up on it, right? They pick up on on the vibe that you're putting out.
0: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Curtis, you are such a fascinating creature. I really enjoy our conversation. Before we part, yeah,
1: just, I'm just average. I've, I need that to be clear for everyone. But I think that that's the most important thing for people to realize is we're, we're all just people um, trying to trying to do our best and you know enjoy enjoy the time we get, and you know it doesn't. We're not all you know curing cancer.
0: And from a, for lessons from a guy who calls himself just average. Be willing to be nimble, say yes to opportunity, and stop worrying about how, like, the question to ask is, like, how bad is it really going to be if it doesn't work out? Like, what could, what could, what's the worst that could happen? And I think that will take you from what you say is average to the extraordinary. People, because if you keep yourself forever held back behind an invisible line you've created for yourself, you're not going to, you're not even going to know. You, you didn't set out to be any of this. And now look.
1: I did not and do not know what I wanted
0: to be when I grew up. (laughs) You've got time. You've got time. You've got lots of time. Still planning. Still planning. Still still planning. No, you're not planning. You're still saying yes. (laughs) Nimble. When in doubt, when in doubt, say yes. When in doubt, say yes. When in doubt, say yes. I love that. Excellent. That's actually a beautiful note. You answered the question I was going to ask you already at the end. Like, what would you take? What would you leave us with takeaways for the listeners? This was absolutely delightful. I promised you an hour and we're at that mark. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. And for all of y'all who are in and around Canada massage addict, Curtis makes a good team and he supplies them with the things they need. And he would love to help you. Indirectly.
1: Exactly. You'd be a better client for me if I was helping you directly because more hurt. So.
0: <laughs> they right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you again for joining me, and for all of you listeners. If you have any thoughts, questions, what have you, you can learn more about Curtis. Curtis in the show notes, and you can always reach out to me if you have any additional questions for him. Thank you so much again, Curtis, and have a great day.
1: No, oh, no. Thanks for having me.
0: If this podcast has landed with you, served, you provided value, please let us know. Give us a like, subscribe, share it with a friend that you know it will make a difference for. We are here to be a contribution and a service to others. We cannot wait to see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care.